Hi, Karen. Hi, Meg. I have a show opener for us about picture, if you will, way, way back in ancient Earth history, what all of our beautiful avatars mated with. I think they each mated with something elemental. And that's why the avatars are so... Magical. Magical. Exactly. Okay. So here's here's my take. Hot take. Fairies, long, long ago, mated with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> are we using the word mate okay. in a really, like... Like, very clear, specific way? Are we loose with the definition? We're loose. We're loose. Let's say they merged. Merged. We could say merged or mated. Okay. Yes. Let's let's go merged. Okay, merged. Okay, so Fairies merged, merged with flowers. Slash mate with flowers. Okay. And my, sort of like a bee landing on a flower, you know, okay. there's a little, there's a little moment. There's a little, little connection. Okay. Um, elves merged with crystals, like a quartz crystal, because crystals are where it was like a computer chip, chip, and it's just all this condensed info. <laughs> okay. Just... Y'all, this is just Meg, Meg storytelling. This is me. Yes, this is my storytelling. This okay. is storytelling. Okay. Hour. Hobbits mated with, sorry, merged with a tree back back long ago. Right. Right. right? They okay. have that beautiful balanced connection of uh, connection with the Great soil love of sky. trees. Great love of trees. They're still horn dogs for a tree. Totally. Gnomes mated with mushrooms. They're horn dogs for information. Yeah. That's that information in the soil going wide. Of the mycelia of and deep, mushrooms. Deep, deep movement of mushrooms. Dwarves mated with the mountain. They merged with the mountain. The rock. <laughs> the rock. They were steady, resilient, never going anywhere. And the humans merged with the handbook, <laughs> like they merged with like the Ten Commandments or the Torah or the Nagamati, the stuff that was carved out of the mountain right. is what those humans merged with long, They're long super ago. Super juiced <laughs> for the rules. All right. Okay. Sidebar. This is not factual. This is great, <laughs> playful storytelling. Yes, this is my storytelling. Let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Kieran Trace. And I'm Megan Rogel. Welcome to Humans Decoded, a story of hobbits, fairies, elves, dwarfs, gnomes, and humans. If you get lost at any point, there is a deep dive on all the different avatars in episode one. It includes notes. Thank you for joining us in a fun little chat about the vast potential of our human makeup. Let's start the show. We've got some love, lots of love. Thank you guys for sending this in. It warms our hearts. It's such a joy to hear from you guys all that we assume you want to hear too. Exactly. <laughs> so here we're here we go. We're, we're sharing just do with it. you. We had a beautiful fairy on Facebook, our Facebook page, say <laughs> she says, I'd like to get certified as your brand ambassador for fairies. I was just at a yoga retreat with 27 women of all walks of life, and all the fairies there immediately got it when I said, You're a fairy. No other explanation is needed. It was super cute. Uh, sweet. So she would be walking around as our brand ambassador. Yep. Clarifying to people their avatar. Yes. Um, particularly, specifically, the fairies would be her specialty. Yep. All right. So this is just a new thing. We've got to start to, like, what is a brand ambassador? Yes, exactly. I get it. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Once we've had some time, um, don't share the whole mating with flowers. <laughs> maybe don't Again, start with that. Maybe don't lead with that. Um, let's let's keep it in the realm of real relativity. Yeah. Okay. And reality. Yeah. Yeah. But we love it. We would we we'll probably hire you. Um, okay. More love. We have an elf on Facebook. Who, I just love this example. 
He says, this is somewhat random, but she says, this is somewhat random, but here goes. I've noticed how different people now seen as avatars will approach a common task such as shoveling snow from a driveway. My husband, who is a gnome, will systematically shovel the snow in a clear structured pattern, moving the snow thoroughly and completely from one side to the other. I, on the other hand, will dart here and there from one area to another, leaving behind little strips of snow. It's not pretty, but I get the job done quickly so I can get in the car and be on my way. When I return, my gnome spouse will have cleaned up what was left behind. <laughs> I've often thought it would be fun to take time-lapse images of both of us to log the differences. Most of the time, the gnome clears the snow with the shovel, but I can see how a faster-moving type would likely embrace, like, snowblower culture. <laughs> That's so fun, because if you look at these daily tasks that all of us do, no matter the avatar, yes. and you're just, what you're filtering for is, like, how is the avatar doing that same task? Yes. That making dinner, um, you know, yeah. we always sometimes we'll talk about like an elf is going to make dinner, like the best tools for an elf is going to be the microwave, mm -hmm. silicon, <laughs> microwavable dishes. Um, and really that kind of one pot under 30 minutes yep. where a hobbit is really going to want that gas oven, those mm -hmm. really nice stainless steel crock, pot. crock pots and, and pans, mm -hmm. pots and pans. And they're going to want to touch like, like, to take the chicken out of the chicken package and literally like actually <laughs> like feel it up yes. before it goes in the pan. But anyways, I really like this point of view. It's a great point of view and it's a great invite for all of us in a community. Like the stuff we all do, totally. whether it's the laundry or the snow shoveling or the whatever, like it's really fun to put that filter they can, and then you can see what's going on. Totally. It worked like a perfect analogy. Yes, mm -hmm. it's an analogy. It'll help you see it. Okay, we want to do a little beautiful what's in the bag. Oh, our favorite game. Our favorite game. Because we got this beautiful email from Kate um, who described what was in the bag, Hobbit. <laughs> so we threw this out last week and we're still hearing from you guys and it's so fun. But this was Kate's bag. Snacks, obviously. A first aid kit. For sure. A car window glass breaker seatbelt cutter. Right. I have one of those. <laughs> do you? I absolutely do. I didn't know there was You know who gave it to me? Thing. My dwarf stepfather. Oh, Lord. That's fabulous. In the event that we find our car going mm -hmm. underwater, we might require this mm -hmm. thing. Whatever this thing is. Okay. This, the, the glass breaker. Yes. Is it like a little yeah. triangle? With a... It's like a two-sided thing. One has like a little hammer and another has a little knife. Oh, mm -hmm. hammer knife. Yes. All hobbits will want that. Oh, in exactly. Any multi-tool, give it to us. Give it to you. Yeah. A needle and a thread in case somebody rips their clothes or we have to make an emergency wound. <laughs> I also have that in my up. <laughs> You've got that. Absolutely. Okay, good. Good driving directions. Oh, Right. And for me, I think if this is a hobbit, it's written. Yeah. It's written yeah. with pen yeah. and paper, the good driving directions. <laughs> yeah, I do a GPS. Because I'm like, why isn't it just right. on the GPS? But it's because it's a hobbit. Because hobbit. Earplugs, in case something gets too loud. Yes. So I love it. Snacks, first aid kit, this whole cutter hammer thing, needle and thread. Um, I mean, so familiar. Earplugs. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cool. I love this. What's in this bag? And as an elf reading it, I'm just like, I don't. What, is, what, what are you even talking? What about? are you talking about? <laughs> Why would I walk around with a needle and thread? For goodness sakes! Oh goodness! And like earplugs, just wandering around. <laughs> oh, I have earplugs in my bag. Absolutely. <laughs> Going to the movies too loud. It's just too loud. It's too loud. Too loud. So you yeah. need them. Like it's just like it's it's 
an anthropological study for an elf, you're just like, this is a fascinating bag. Yes. Who's using this? What are you using this for? Why? To an elf, it's like, is it Armageddon? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Are we cutting ourselves out of windows and and, and needle and threading clothing and, and like earplugs? And <laughs> but hobbits are going on a long adventure. We might, you know, we might be gone for hours. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's yeah. true. It's a great bag. It's yep. gorgeous. And we love it. More of these coming in. Please tell us what's in your bag. <laughs> um, okay, we are doing a Q&A show. Mm. We got some really good questions. Here's the first question. All right. A fairy here with an elf mother-in-law. Help. I've had difficulty. I mean, just like, you could just be like, in-law, help. <laughs> um, I had difficulty with her arrogance and desire to work a room Mm-hmm. Suspect. Suspect. <laughs> you wouldn't put work a room and elf never in the same sentence. No, we're already let's already mm-hmm. confused. Already, let's go here. I try to stay in my hummingbird zone, but it can be very difficult to be around her energy. Mm. Also suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question mark. Question mark. I can be charming and work a crowd too. Certainly, fairies mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. But I honestly have difficulty managing her desire to have a lot of heavy, deep conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Growing up in a heavy, in a heavily dwarf hobbit family, we do not discuss our feelings or deep ideas. I don't. In a hobbit family, do you discuss your feelings? No, not necessarily. All right, because hobbits are so huggy. Yeah, and yeah. We're not going. We're not. What are we analyzing? We're not doing that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I find it invasive um, to tell people my deep feelings unless I'm very close to them. So any suggestions on how to relate to her or how to connect? Okay, Mm. lovely question. Thank Mm. you. First of all, we're not sold on the fact that she's an elf, and maybe you aren't either. Maybe that's your best guess. Um, our confusion, of course, as we mentioned, is work mm-hmm. the room. But I don't know what you mean. You know, like we just might have different point of views on that. Elves are very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't work a room. No, no. I would never say an elf works a room. I might say an elf would hold court. Yes. Right? Yes, so, like everyone in the room is drawn to the yes, elf. Yes, they're drawn to the or and they're like sitting on the couch and everybody comes to them. And they don't go to the people. The yes. people come to them. Yes. Right? So it's in a way almost the opposite. Yeah, which which might be what you mean yeah. here that maybe that, that she's like the, sitting on the couch and holding court. And holding court. Yeah. Um otherwise because I don't want to hang my hat. I don't want to no. hang my hat on her working the room as an elf and like how to how to have strategies around that. Yeah. But I'm not sure if we have the same definition of work a room here. Yeah. Um, but let's just say maybe it, she is working a room, right? So meaning what we what our definition might be is that she's moving around the room a lot, um, and like is is charming people in that movement. And I actually had a flash of a, a neighbor who's human, <laughs> and I've seen her in like the board meetings, <laughs> and she works the room. Yeah, humans she's are good at working work rooms. in the room. Yep. So she's moving around. She's it's kind of gossipy. It's kind of like what's going on over here. What's kind of going over on over here. Mm-hmm. It's not deep. So I'm not sure that they're deep are you conversations. Sh- yeah. Are you yeah. sure the mother-in-law is coming in with these really deep? 
the conversation might be long, but I wouldn't call them deep. And they might be pryy and like yes. none of your business could yes. be hu- which would which be, be human, human. Yes. more than elf which might be kind of what you're asking about in the and the So thing. we're not certain it's like we're not certain if we're misunderstanding yeah. your language and it really is an elf mother-in-law or we're un- misunderstanding or you or you're conflicted and actually it might be a human. Yep. Yep. Um could be a human. The other guess I might have for that working the room movement, if we're working with that same definition, they're moving around the room a lot, is a fairy. Is She's another fairy. My ex-husband would work the room like that. He's moving yeah, around. The ones who work a room is a fairy. It's fairy a fairy. Works yeah, they're yeah. fabulous at Fabulous. It. They give absolutely. away kisses like they are. Yep, exactly. Party treats. Yep. And they are absolutely working the room. Like totally. that's the avatar that's working the room. Yes. It's definitely another fairy. Yep. Um, and definitely a fairy comes in out of the blue. Oh, totally. And asks yeah. really... Yeah, it can, oh, and it can be... I mean, deep is maybe not the word, but like intimate. They can be like intimate quick. Yeah. <laughs> so from the description, we're not certain that where the mother-in-law is. So is she yeah. really human? Is she really... another fairy um or is is she the elf and we just didn't quite understand it regardless so so i'm not going to give you super specific answers because i'm not so sure what the Mm -hmm. dynamic is between the avatars but i will tell you this when because you're talking about boundaries right Mm -hmm. you're saying help like how do i have a better boundary with this person and what i always say is about the boundary is a no so the way you speak or stand in or actualize your no mm. is to lead with the yes. Um, and that takes a little bit of personal mm-hmm. work because you have to actually hear your yes. Sometimes you can hear your no better than your yes. And I celebrate you hearing the mm-hmm. no, but it makes it difficult to lead mm. or to stand in or to actualize it. Yeah. So you get to use the no as like a springboard to find the yes. I know it's not this, it's not this. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not her asking these really deep questions. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not her working the room. Um, So it's no, no, no. So where's your yes? And, um, you know, especially if there's like a lot of stuff between you or longstanding patterns, you know, when people come at you point blank in these mm. really awkward ways and in-laws, yeah. like this invasive, is definitely invasive, you know, yeah. like it, different cultures collide mm-hmm. there. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff gets put up. So so we've got like our safe zones of mm. things to talk about. Um, so like talk about recipes. Yes. That might be your yes. Or talk about the weather from 20 years ago. <laughs> or ask them stories about their kids, like the the mutual family you know, but when they were little. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, stories about them when they were little. Um, these are like the safe zones. So yeah. if somebody is coming at you and they ask you a question, point blank, that makes you very uncomfortable and it's clearly a no, you can redirect. Mm-hmm. You can just sort of like shrug and then say, I kept um, meaning to ask you, when Jojo was little, um, <laughs> did he, you ta- You mentioned one time he had this food allergy. Can you, what was that, the story again? Totally. Feed them the line. <laughs> feed them a line. Like feed them a miss, a redirect. That you want to hear about, that you, that's that's delicious for you. Yeah, that's your yes. Not or just like distraction, but yeah. your actual yes. Yeah. If someone mm-hmm. comes at you point blank with like, I don't know what it is, but like. 
what's going on with your work? Where you know what's going you know, on with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Are you, you can, in a relationship? Are you dating? Are you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you get to say things like, "Oh, Jan, it's so great to see you again." You know, I I really keep messing up that chicken soup recipe. <laughs> can you tell me again about that recipe? But I, like, tell me where it came from in your family. What's the history of it? Because when I, honest to God, they'll go for it. They'll go for it. So go for the redirect. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know, you can walk away. <laughs> you can fake that you have to go to the bathroom. Just walk away. If that's your yes to get out of that room, leave. Find a way. There's your 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 no and your yes is essential. Yes. Hear your no. Use it as a springboard for your yes, which is to not answer this question. Yeah. So redirect it or walk away. Um, if you do it enough, they get trained. They get trained. Yeah. It's like you might have to do it a few times. Yeah. And usually not not at once. They won't come back and go, so what's going on in your life? And then you're like, so what about that strudel recipe? <laughs> so what's up with you? And Because you guys didn't answer the phone and I called six times. Um, did, you, did your family ever have ambrosia? <laughs> like, it's usually you won't have to keep doing it in the same moment. Yeah. They usually take it. But it's like you do it enough time, like over six months or eight months, they start they stop communicating that way and they start communicating in the new way. It's like you're yeah, training them. It's training them. They know not to go down that path. They just it's, kind of subconsciously yeah. feel it and they, and then you've established the yes tracks. Mm -hmm. But not aggressively. Not like, no. listen, we need to talk. <laughs> I hate it when you ask me these questions. No. We got to process this together. <laughs> we got to talk. No processing needed. No processing needed. It's just like you just, you just lead your yes. And, mm -hmm. and over time, they'll take the yes. And, and we've seen it. this happen over and over and over again. Hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. Feels, retrained. Retrained. It feels very risky at first. It feels mm -hmm. like, oh, I couldn't. But in fact, you can. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the ambrosia recipe or the whatever <laughs> strudel recipe, you might find a very sweet place of real authentic yeah. connection. Yep. It might, it might actually be the place that you can actually laugh and play and have fun together and mm -hmm. have connections. Mm -hmm. And um, It's very neutral and, and everybody eats and everybody loves a good recipe. Yep. So potentially in that direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have another question. This is a really sweet question. And it came in like back to back, like mm. like a bunch of people asked this very same question. Mm. And the question was, am I a hobbit or mm. am I a gnome? Great. Yeah. And it is, it's something I get, mm -hmm. I get it. I understand. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand the confusion about which avatar you are because um, – what you're up against is the thing we call conditioning, which mm. is these patterns that are not authentic to you, but they're very subtle and they're hard to catch. And then out in the wild, you know, you're seeing this by, you know, like you're mm -hmm. walking in these public corridors or in the world, you're not always going to see a pure form avatar. Yeah, people you're, have conditioning. They have their conditioning in there. Mm -hmm. So it's a little tricky. So our wonderful friend Kate, she sent in some details when she was one of the people that asked this question. But again, we got a bunch of it just all this week, the same question. Um, this is Kate detailing in her email why she's confused. Um, she says, I think many hobbits might actually be the opposite of Marie Kondo and feel fully comfortable having material chaos in their lives. <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, but also I'm much more of a wicked 
wicker, wicker basket organizer than someone who bothers putting clothes into drawers. I'd never remember that they that those neatly rolled clothes are waiting for me. Um, out of sight, out of mind. You also suggested looking at might be some points of irritation, but mine is when people talk too much but aren't saying anything of substance or when they're talking is just the most obvious small talk and it's not based on a desire for deep connection or when obviously there's a need or preference for something but they express it as an oblique option um, or a passive aggressive opinion um, like there's like they're speaking in a reporting mode. Mm. <laughs> um, and so she says, I have a need for deep for depth and connection. Mm. And she she sort of comes to terms with the fact that she's a hobbit, but I get it. The need for depth and connection is could be a gnome. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she hates the small talk. and I, mm-hmm. I get it. That's both a gnome and a hobbit. Mm-hmm. Baskets, you know, mm-hmm. that's both a <laughs> hobbit and a gnome. And so I get it. Where you're looking here, we've got mm-hmm. this where they overlap. Yep. But Kate brings in this really sweet option. She's got this hobbit YouTube celebrity, very famous mm. woman, um, Yona Yinton. Mm. She's from Sweden, and we always love mm. those examples that are international. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Um, and so this was fun because um, – I we both watched the video, so we we went to to Yona Yinton's YouTube channel, and that's um, going to be linked in the show notes mm-hmm. if you're listening to it. Um, and it <laughs> it is it can be difficult. This I think this is a woman who runs Gnome Hobbit very <laughs> very much. Also, um, something that is a little unseen when you're watching it be, is that she's the subject of the video. So it's mm-hmm. her in the video doing these ancient cow calling uh, calls to bring the cows in from the field, these ancient Swedish calls, or it's her listening to the ice flow under the ice. Um, and uh, or her, you know, taking a romp with her dog in the snow. Yeah. And, and shoveling out things or making mm-hmm. a hole in the ice and, um, what's a little unseen is that she's the maker mm-hmm. also, right? That that she's actually the one who set up that camera for the last four hours to take the shot. Mm-hmm. She had planned the shot all week long. Um, and then she spent another week post-production editing it and then posting it because, you know, she's a, she's a filmmaker is what it is. But she's also the subject. So when we were watching it, I was like... I think she's a gnome, <laughs> but Meg, you didn't, you thought. No, I absolutely think Yona is a hobbit. And I've been reflecting on this and I get it. Like gnomes are deep, but hobbits might be better described as wide. They go wide in their lens. They don't report like you don't like that. They want to get this full scope of things. I, I like to think that we're like, like curious Georges. <laughs> and so Yona is kind of writing and directing her story of the day. And many hobbits are writers and directors and storytellers um, and interviewers. They cast these sort of wide nets in their interests. So like Greta Gerwig, the Barbie uh, director, uh, she's a hobbit and she has this big scope of vision. And then like your classic, like great writers, Ralph Waldo Emerson and 
Lucy Maud Montgomery and Mary Shelley and Jane Austen and Mark Twain and George Orwell. These, you know, and then like the filmmakers like Greta or um, or Jason Bateman. He made this beautiful documentary about his podcast, Smartless, and it's this this, this storytelling about um, his time with his his uh, co podcast hosts. So she's got that um, wide view that um, that hobbits tend to have. And so, and there's, I've got, a, I, I have a lot more examples. I, like Oprah has that wide view. Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, Harper Lee, Tim Ferriss. There's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of hobbits in this. In this, we can think of it this way. They're telling these big, wide stories. And regarding Marie Kondo, I totally get what you're saying. I am not that organized at all. And I just heard a quote from Marie Kondo recently. It's so so synchronous. She said that she's giving up on the tidy, <laughs> that she actually is realizing that's not quite a thing, and really the heart of her of her work is actually about the joy of things. She loves her, her little socks, and she touches them and loves them. And the tidy thing is actually, I think, it was conditioning. conditioning. Yes. So there you watch. So like, there you have it. So I just totally identified with what you were saying about your hobbit world. I, I'm a little bit messy as well. My closets are always a little messy. I've got stuff on the floor. My office currently looks a little nutty, Professor. So, and part of it is we have a lot of stuff. Like, hobbits always have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so to keep it all really organized is not actually a thing. Um, I think that was a Marie Kondo pain body. Yeah, that's fascinating yeah. when we isolate it. But just to go back to the root of the question. So in um, our examples, we um, sort of like, in, if you listen to the first, second, and third podcast, yeah. in the show notes, um, we put up these pure form, like this. these people who are not, mm. don't have much conditioning pulling them away from their pure form. They might have conditioning. They right. might still have their belief systems, but it's not pulled them away from their forms um, or from their authentic forms. And so you can see that we have a list of the hobbits, the gnomes, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, and you can see our hobbits are just so silly. They're so mm -hmm. quick, um, like not like, like quick humored mm -hmm. um, silliness. Like, like not, they're not quick beings, but they're spontaneous. They're mm -hmm. very, they have a very deep relationship with animals. Totally. Like they're the they're besties. Best friends. Best friends. Um, and so there, when you look through those Instagram profiles where we put these pure forms, um, it gives you a taste, but uh, we get it. There's still mm -hmm. these questions and the hobbits and gnomes, they have a lot of they overlap. Do. Yep. They're both very nature-based beings, and maybe we also don't talk that enough yeah. about gnomes, the, the nature being so important to them. So they're both in the garden. Yeah. Um, they both have a nose in the book. Mm -hmm. The Hobbit is reading literature, most likely, a story, mm -hmm. and the gnome is most likely reading research. Exactly, or like historical nonfiction or, you know, political books. My father's always got one of those going. We don't know very many gnomes that are, that are, that the majority of what they're reading is fiction. I don't know any. They are, they are not, mm -hmm. they're not into the story, they're into the research. Um Whereas the hobbits really are available for the story. Mm -hmm. They're listening to the story. They're speaking the story. Mm -hmm. um, and the hobbits can be cliche. Yeah. I found, 
I, I, I spent, I lived in the North a lot. And so I found Yona's channel to be very cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, we call her a chachaco. We call her <laughs> like a, like a newbie yeah. who's, uh, who has such a, a surface mm-hmm. vision of it and not much mm-hmm. detail. Um, but they can be cliche, and the gnomes are rarely cliche. Rarely, and that was the point. That was the point where it's like I don't know what Yona is. Like mm. I don't, I don't know because the gnomes are rarely cliche, and I found her to be cliche. <laughs> um, but um, gnomes have this biting humor. Mm-hmm satire insult mm-hmm. they do insult comics like mm-hmm. put downs mm-hmm. you know dave chang one of my favorite gnomes has mm-hmm. a, it's a very negative focus but I, which i love mm-hmm. i absolutely love it yeah. but hobbits are more like silly witty self-depreciating they don't depreciate mm-hmm. others never they're goofy and affable yeah yeah um Gnomes, though, the thing that we maybe also don't talk about is that the gnomes, although they're very deep, they can be this otherworldly beautiful, mm-hmm. very natural. So, like, this woman, Yona, if, if you go look at her, but she's got this long, flowing blonde hair, and she wears these sort of, like, um, in her summer clothes, they're very sort of like these flowy gowns that, that are very gnomey to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know, it's but they're just, not refined. You know, they're they're her clothes are very just natural fabrics, very simple, simple. A gnome is going to have that refinement. That, yeah, that, that, but she could be a gnome, like because we don't have a picture of a gnome necessarily as like long flowing hair. Right. Oh, absolutely. Calling, yeah. <laughs> you know, songs in the wild. But in fact, that very much could be. It a absolutely gnome. very well could be. Um, this very beautiful, otherworldly. So I. So basically, we deeply understand. If you are mm-hmm. confused, am I a hobbit or a gnome? Mm-hmm. Um, because in fact, that affability of a of a hobbit can really mm-hmm. be a conditioning i mean you get that yeah. strangled at you everywhere put yeah. a smile on yeah. smile for me yeah just be smile just be happy just be kind to everyone just be nice mm-hmm. and so that affability could be conditioned mm-hmm. um and then also <laughs> people might fear being a gnome because of beautiful as they are they're very unique and very specific mm-hmm. Um, so here's the big one. Here's how you know the difference. It comes down to this. Gnomes are grumpy. <laughs> Authentically. And hobbits almost never are. I could probably put it on one hand. How many times have been truly grumpy in my life? Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the deal breaker right there. There you go. That's your measure. That's your measure. Okay. Um write to us. Yeah, tell us if we got there. Yeah. Tell us if we got there. And tell us if you're where you're confused. Yeah, exactly. Where's that overlap you're struggling with? Yeah, exactly. Where's the because a lot of the avatars have a lot of overlap and then the what's what is the thing that separates you? And it so helps us. It helps us refine these things. It really does. It Mm -hmm. it helps us to do this. Mm -hmm. Um in in this lovely email that came in was something sweet here. Um, that she wrote, she said, is it being a nosy busybody to be mm-hmm. curious about each of your personal relationships? <laughs> <laughs> when I hear Meg mention her ex and what sounds like more recent boyfriends, I assume she's not had children and she's single and she's dating. Not, not that it matters to me whether someone's a parent mm-hmm. or single. Um, I just want to 
imagine more clearly, you know, your lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Kieran refers to her personal experience with we pronouns, I'm just so curious. Does she have a partner? This is so sweet. Kids? This is so hobbity. We want the whole story. I'm yeah. there for the whole story. Yeah. yeah. And and so I have a very large extended family. So what – and so I don't, I'm not often as specific or, or – Outspoken as mm. Megan is, but it's also maybe elf <laughs> versus <laughs> hobbit also. Um, but what I thought is I would just go first, and I'm mm-hmm. going to give you the the long form, all the deets. We love it. And then hot next goss. week, <laughs> the hot goss. <laughs> and next week, Megan will give you the long form of yeah. her life. So it began long, long ago. <laughs> your storytelling more. <laughs> uh, um, no, in truth, I have been married, but I am divorced. Um, and <laughs> I've had the privilege, <laughs> but I personally would much more deeply call it a challenge, totally. of having many, many soulmates in my life. <laughs> um, so in the romantic world, um, I've had soul, I mean, I've had soulmates that are platonic and, and romantic. Um, and I've had this very rare privilege of knowing um, that soulmates are actually a spectrum. And I've had the full spectrum. Mm. I've had the full twin flame all the way to a very soft, recognizable person. Um, so in the case of romantic love, folks have had it all. <laughs> Except for the fact that it's always heterosexual. Mm. And that has been um, a disappointment to me. <laughs> I, know. I wanted to be more fluid. <laughs> I just think that that would be more evolved. And sadly, I am so extremely mm-hmm. hetero on mm-hmm. the Kinsey scale. Yeah. Like... It's it's the opposite of fluid and disappointing. <laughs> um, but inside of that heterosexuality, I have had, um, I've had, I've had it all, folks. Mm. I've had the lovers and the the you know, the deep marriages and the twin flames <laughs> and the, the the whole thing and then the divorces and the comfortable uncomplings <laughs> and the you know the epic long distances. <laughs> I mean, I've really gone there, <laughs> really, really gone there. Um, I've, in terms of children, (laughs) I also have a unique privilege there. Um, I've had the very sweet experience of being a primary caregiver to five different children. Um, children I call my timeshare children. So I was their primary caregiver at certain points of their lives. Um, although they've been in my life for their whole life, um, I was their primary for these very specific times. Um, it's because I am the child whisperer. <laughs> the way that lots of people know the experience of just animals just show up to be adopted by their family, and that's a really common experience for people. I have children <laughs> that just show up <laughs> on my doorstep, and I co-raise them with their family. At times I'm the primary, and then at times um, I co-raise with their parents. Um, I have a very big background in childhood development. I have sidebar written a full parenting course, um, which we hope to release at some point. Um, So children and parenting are actually a type of specialty to me. And all of the parents Mm -hmm. in our larger community um, that are in the full long-form classes or work with us will attest to the fact (laughs) that I get way involved in getting that parent-child relationship purely delicious, Mm -hmm. getting that real effortless dialed in and that real worry, anxiety, over-parent, uh, rooted out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, 
I have um, a very unique household, what I think is ideal. Um, frankly, it's actually how I've lived my entire life, versions of the same thing. Um, I have this very large family or community. So when I was a baby, my mother, she lived in community um, that she, that we called family with two other households. So she lived in a very mm -hmm. normal suburban Canadian town, but like just a normal suburban street, but literally the other two houses on either side, mm -hmm. um, one was a Punjabi family and one was a Hindi family. Mm -hmm. And my and we were in the middle, um, white Caucasian family, but we lived, the three households lived community, communally. Mm -hmm. And I mean communally, like I thought I had three mothers. <laughs> I thought we were all brothers and sisters. We slept where in, in very, the very different households. We ate in the different households. And it was incredibly fulfilling. Mm. It was so, it really was an entire village raising the children. Mm. It was so loving. It was so supportive for this brief moment. I was then later abducted from that place <laughs> by my father. Um, and a different life experience happened. Um, <laughs> and then today I live the same way. Um, I own a house. Uh, it looks over the ocean. Um, oh inside of a beautiful oak preserve and I live with my family and these are awake and enlightened friends and they are much more like family to me because at times we're not that friendly <laughs> at all um, but it's truly 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 loving um, and it's a strange kind of communal extended family um, that I have only ever really known that blueprint mm -hmm. when I think of that loving thing. So it's a very ideal, non-traditional setup that I have. Um, and I think it's a real huge privilege. So um, I, so if we're talking about romance, children, family, I feel like I'm an expert in some of these, most of these areas, <laughs> because I've been privileged to have very non-traditional very liberated points of view on all of these. Mm. Um, so there you go. Thanks, cute. <laughs> <laughs> In touch with all my little beautiful timeshare children. <laughs> Gorgeous. Okay. All right. All on spotlight on you next week. Cool. I'll be there. Next time. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Love you.